Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. For anyone listening right now, if you see those early on, and just to be clear, like if you're dating someone for years or you're married and things happen, relationships are hard, right? You got to work at that. But if you see some of those things early on when it's supposed to be easy, I think that's an indication that this person is probably not the right fit for you. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zong, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I am really excited today because I'm getting to interview not just somebody that I think is amazing, which is true, but I also get to interview somebody who is a dear friend of mine, which is always really, really fun because I get to interview somebody that I really admire and know to be a super an amazing person and full of integrity and really does what he says he's going to do and has done some really amazing things over the past three years. So Craig Siegel is a, a, a value-based, high-energy, global keynote speaker, a rising thought leader. And I have seen him over the past three years during this pandemic and, and then throughout, you know, coming out of the pandemic, rise like lightning. Seriously, lightning. I mean, we both started doing this work around the same time. And then, wow, he has now interviewed pretty much everybody. I asked him the the other day, I'm like, who's left for you to interview? (laughs) I mean, your podcast has taken off. You now have a brand new book. It's absolutely incredible. You've got your company, Cultivate Lasting Symphony, which is also your initials. You are speaking everywhere in the world. You are just, your brand is is everywhere. You've completely exploded. And today we're going to be talking about all of it. So welcome and congratulations on your new book. Oh my goodness. So that's what it feels like to be on the other end of an iconic intro. Thank you so much. I adore (laughs) you. I love you. Every time we get together, it's just magic. We probably could have chatted for six hours before. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) it's it's insane. So I want to talk to you about everything. I mean, you're a repeat guest. We've talked before, right? But for those of the, of you who haven't heard your story, let's just talk a little bit about how this all kind of got started. You were in a job that you didn't really love. It wasn't making your heart sing, right? You were doing something on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about that a little bit before, you know, so that people can hear your backstory. Yes. Yeah, so prior to the pandemic, I was on Wall Street. And as it turns out, I was making money at that season of life, 
But what I discovered was that making money doesn't necessarily equal success. And just to be clear, making money is absolutely a part of success, but not the whole thing. And I found myself in a little bit of a dark place a couple of years back. A few things happened at once. My dad, my best friend had just gotten diagnosed with cancer, still battling. I had just got out of a toxic relationship. And even though, like I said, I was making money, wasn't exactly putting a dent in the universe. I was the type of cat that on Mondays was looking forward to the weekend. And I started drinking a little bit more than I'd like to admit, but I didn't stay there long. I'm not sure if I found running or running found me, but I started running a bunch of marathons, which was great at that season because I was looking for some purpose, some meaning in life. And running marathons for someone that had never been a runner gave me that purpose. And I really started to find myself, but ultimately I was still at the J-O-B. And then fast forward the pandemic, bang. I mean, talk about a global awakening. I like to call it the big separator. For me, I looked at this as an historic opportunity to just reassess. If not now, then when? And I know a lot of people really into that tiger show and drinking a bottle of wine a day. And I just said, that's not going to be me. And for the first time in my adult life, I took a minute to really just get quiet and connect and block out the interference. And what I learned, Rebecca, is that mindfulness is the portal to expansion because that's when I started getting the downloads and I started to put CLS together, basically marrying my absolute obsession of personal development and my God-given gift to communicate effectively. I married those two. I started CLS. And for the first time in my life, I was in alignment. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. Talk about if, if, you know, to the extent you're comfortable, this toxic relationship that you were in. <laughs> I should have known you would ask about that. So essentially, I was just in a, in a relationship, really a couple, until I met my fiance that just weren't in alignment. That's the easiest way to put it. But like, there were red flags. Like, and I, I want to be very clear. I'm not pointing fingers because I was definitely not my best self at that season of life either. And we were just not the right fit for each other. And when I when I say toxic relationship, it was just kind of was ugly at times. Like, you know, we would say some bad stuff to each other. There was a lack of respect. And in my opinion, like you can overcome a lot of things in a relationship, but once you lose respect, I don't really see how you can get it back just based upon my experience. And so we sat there trying to make something work that was never destined to work in the first place. And as they say, like trying to stick a round peg in a square hole, or maybe it's the other way around. And it was just, it was a waste of time, for lack of better words, for both of us. But I don't regret it. I wouldn't change a thing because ultimately, sometimes you have to go through some darkness to figure out what you don't want. And so when I became available after that, I totally pivoted and put myself out there for something totally different than I had ever dated in the past. And that was Alessia, my fiance now. But I realized specifically what I wanted to stay away from. And that's what I learned during that toxic relationship. It was what it was. It just wasn't the right fit for either of us, but no hard feelings. I wish you all the best in the world. Yeah. No, I mean, I wasn't trying to get you to talk badly about anybody else. I mean, I was just (laughs) trying to ask you, you know, about that situation so that you, you know, what lessons did you learn? And, um, you know, I mean, I was, it's interesting because I've been preparing for um, another interview that I'm getting ready to, to do coming up this week. And, you know, what this other person was talking about was that, you know, she was in a toxic relationship and, and talking about like, 
the responsibility that she had in it, not from like shame or guilt, like not to take on that, oh, now I I feel shameful. I feel guilty. I feel, you know, when you when you take responsibility for it, it, it almost is more like I I can be empowered in this. You know, I can now say I if if I had responsibility in this, that means I can also be get out of this, right? Does yeah. that make sense? It absolutely does. And I know you weren't looking for me to point any fingers or stuff like that, but it's so true. And and one of the things that I learned, and I think this is valuable for anybody, is that if there's some like head scratching moments or red or pink flags, whatever you want to call them, early on in the beginning, when it's supposed to be the honeymoon phase, I think that's an indication that when there's smoke, there's fire. And I saw those pretty early on, but at that season of my life, I chose to ignore them. And then ultimately they would end up resurfacing in a big, bad way. Yeah. Like what kinds of red flags did you see? If I'm being honest and hundred percent transparent, just like a totally different personality at times. Like for example, we would be one way in public and, and then we'd come home and it would be just us. And it was like, I was, I felt like I was dating someone else behind closed doors. Like just a, just a, a, a big level of inconsistency and volatility, if you will. And, and that led to unpredictability. And, and it was just, you never really know what you were going to get. And, and again, I, I want to be clear. I, I know I was not the best version of me back then either. But there was just, I saw those things in the beginning and I, I acknowledged them, but I chose to just ignore them as people do, like when they're in, you know, in the beginning of a relationship that's sexy, whatever the case may be. But ultimately for anyone listening right now, if you see those early on, and just to be clear, like if you're dating someone for years or you're married and things happen, relationships are hard, right? You got to work at that. But if you see some of those things early on when it's supposed to be easy, I think that's an indication that this person is probably not the right fit for you. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take 20,000 breaths a day? But according to the EPA, it's two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and it's sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. I know for us and our family, our family has struggled with allergies to dust mites and mold and all sorts of things, and that's why we have loved using an air purifier and air doctor has been amazing for us and it has captured the attention of media outlets such as cnn money abc and more and it filters out 99.9 percent of dangerous contaminants such as allergens and pollen and pet dander and all sorts of bacteria and viruses so that your lungs don't have to and it's super quiet and much more quiet than other ordinary air purifiers. Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use your promo code, your best life. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit 
which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code your best life. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to Shopify. Dot com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash best life. Yeah, you know, it's interesting having been a divorce attorney, I always sort of said that, you know, what was the thing that drew a person in at the beginning of a relationship was also the thing that somebody hated about the person at the end of the relationship. For example, you know, um, the guys, I, I used to joke that my next book was going to be called my wife is, um, you know, my husband is controlling my wife is crazy, you know, because <laughs> that that's what they all used to say. Right. But they they would say at the beginning of the relationship, oh, I love how he takes control. I love how, he, you know, he's, um, you know, he's opening the door for me. He's taking control of the, you know, the the situation. He's, you know, um, setting up everything, you know, the vacations he's taking, you know, like they love that. Right. Or, um you know, how powerful he is or how, uh, like they like a lot of that at the beginning. Right. But that's like the very thing that they end up resenting at the end or like, you know, the same thing with the guys. It's like, oh, she's crazy. You know, you know, uh, and, and they loved how crazy she was. Oh, she, you know, she's like, she'll do any drug or she'll do this or she's like party animal or, or whatever. Uh, she'll do any sexual thing or whatever. And, and they love that at the beginning. And then that's the very thing at the end that they really can't stand. Right. Is, is someone else said this or, or you're saying, no, it? this was me as, as yeah, a divorce attorney. You just, you just portrayed a visual and, and I couldn't agree more. And I never thought about it like that, but isn't that ironic? It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, so I don't know. I just kind of had this, you know, realization as an attorney, having done it for so long, 
that it's like the very thing at the beginning was like the thing at the end that they couldn't stand, you know? It's intoxicating. And in the beginning, it kind of draws you in. And then later on, it's kind of used probably for bad. And that's the one thing that like drives the wedge. Right, exactly, exactly. So um, so you wrote this book, The Reinvention Formula. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you've now had this, not only did you get to reinvent yourself, which you completely did, you kind of like did a, a complete re-download of your own brain. You, you, you've completely understood, not only understood, but have done the work to create new neuronal pathways in yourself and, and understood what that means. But you've also had the benefit of being able to interview some of the most incredible thought leaders and minds in the world. I mean, so you've gotten to interview people like, and I'll just name some of the people, you know, on, on this list, you know, uh, Ed Milet and Marie Forleo. And I know you've, you've interviewed, you know, Gretchen Rubin from the, um, happiness, uh, project, right? Didn't you interview her? Yes. Um, yeah. And you've interviewed, um, I, I mean, just name a name, seriously. Um, and and so you've gotten to talk to some of the most incredible people. I mean, even before we got on here, you talked about uh, Dr. Raymond, and you know, um, so you know, you've had the benefit of really been able to being able to do that. And so I wanted to talk about the tools that you've used and the tools that you've put into this book so that people can have the benefit of what is what you've distilled down into a formula. Yeah, I love this. So, you know, people think CLS was an overnight success because it happened in a relatively short amount of time. But what I think people might not realize is that I've been working on myself for 15 years like a lunatic. I mean, studying everything from neuro-linguistic programming, Kabbalah, law of attraction, emotional intelligence, all of this stuff. And I would document it and I would journal about it and I would just get things from different places. And I use those tools to have success in businesses and running marathons and all that. I just didn't realize that I would make that into a career and finally put it all together. But a lot of the things that I learned with that are also things that I see in some of the greats that you just mentioned that I interviewed. And everybody's a little bit different, but there's certain characteristics or certain commonalities that I see in, in a lot of people. And a couple of things that come to mind is, number one, I think it surprised people that a lot of the greats, they're not always motivated, right? Like you think that we're motivated every single day. That's not necessarily true. But we do have systems in place and practices to block out kind of the interference or the negativity or stuff that typically holds us back. A lot of people crumble when things get tough or when they don't feel like it. But a lot of the grades, they, they feel that for a second, but they choose not to be available for it and they continue on. And that's one thing that I see in a lot of people, especially like in the beginning when you're building something. Like it's very trendy these days to say, oh, call it in, manifest. And I'm really big on that too. 
But I think it's important to marry the spiritual with also some of the practical. And in the beginning, when you're building anything, whether it's Disney, Apple, what you're doing, what I'm doing and so forth, there's an irreplaceable season of grind in the beginning, right? Like that maniacal drive. How bad do you want it? And it's funny because you mentioned Marie Forleo before. And I know she's someone that's really big right now and calling it in and stuff like that. And I asked her if she would ever replace that season of grind in the beginning. She said, absolutely not. That's what gets us to this place where we can start working a little bit smarter and not necessarily harder. So between that and also just like the imagination, like there's a movie that I love that I talk about in the book. I have a whole chapter dedicated to called The Greatest Showman. Have you seen the film? I have not, but I am totally writing it down right now. Are you, you never saw The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman? never did, but I am definitely adding that to my list. You have to. It's unbelievable. And it's a true story about P.T. Barnum who started the circus. And essentially, one of the reasons that I'm so intoxicated by his story is that he thinks that everyone is only limited based upon their imagination. So in other words, if you can think and consider a little bit bigger of an alternative or a reality, then you can go in that direction. Most people, they don't have the ability or the creativity or or the the tools to think bigger. They're, They're cats, so to speak. Like picture a sports car with a governor can't go past a certain speed. But that guy challenges his limitations. And as a result, what he can accomplish, the ceiling continues to rise. So I was just always drawn to his story. And I know that a lot of the greats that we've interviewed, some of the ones that you mentioned, they all think really, 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 really big. And the good news about thinking big is that it's a superpower and it's accessible for everybody. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I and you know, one of the things that I love about what you say is that clarity follows action. Mm-hmm. And I love that because, you know, it, it's it, it, a lot of times people get like analysis paralysis. You know, I mean, I know that it can happen for me too. And, you know, and I'm going to give you an example and then I want you to get into what your um, your thought is on this. You know, for me, for example, I just launched my high conflict negotiation certification program. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. But, you know, I have been talking about this for more than two years. Okay. I mean, and when I went back and looked at my notes about it, and I've been, you know, I've been like thinking about, oh, I, don't, I really don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do, you know, and it just, it felt daunting to me. It just felt like I really didn't know what to do. And then, you know, this past couple months, I just, I felt like my back was against the wall and I just felt like I'd really, you know, gone as far as I could, as as far as some other things in my company. And I just thought, you know what? I I just decided I'm going to force my own hand. So you know what I did? I set the webinar to tell my community about the program And basically, I knew that I had to have the program launched by July 11th. And so I sent the email to the community about it. And I thought, once the email goes out, that program needs to be done by July 11th. Accountability. I love that. Accountability to myself. Because I was like, I have 200,000 people on my email list. I was like, I got to get this. Okay, once I hit send, 
I was like, all right, now, now you got to do it. (laughs) It got to be done. So, you know, action, clarity, you know, it was like. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zong. Take a look at this. I think if you just have the the guts to go for it, that makes you worthy. Even if you don't land whatever it is that you're doing, like have the courage to live with a sense of urgency. Know that what you're worth, know what you bring to the table and absolutely go for it. And in my opinion, if you're doing that, that should increase your self-worth just as it is. Are you struggling with a narcissist in your life? Whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon-to-be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic, but you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just feeling like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets. And so that you can finally take back your power and break free from this hell emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to Break Free From Hell and sign up. Come be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break free. Break free from hell and let's do this. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. That you come across sometimes the victims or the targets. I like to use target better because really it's more that you've been targeted. Um, Come across sometimes as the crazy one. Uh, And I think sometimes judges don't understand that, mediators don't understand that because, you know, the narcissist sits around looking calm, cool, and collected. And now we return to today's show. I think that real quick to just interject, I think what you did right there is a cheat code. And I often do that to myself also, like signing up for marathons when I'm not ready yet. Because once I put it out there, like you could let yourself down behind closed doors, but you can't let down 200,000 people on your email list. That's massive accountability. I made myself do it. I was like, all right, there we go. It's got to be done. So my IT people, my video editors, everybody knew it's got to be done. Sales team happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And clarity follows action, right? Like you didn't have all the answers. You don't know exactly what was going to happen, but you get in the damn arena yep. and then the downloads begin to come or the universe opens or the right person says something at the right time. And oftentimes people that you're right, like people are so afraid to fail that they don't even start. But oftentimes, like if you just get in the arena, even if it's not the thing, it'll most likely be the thing that leads to the thing. But you'll never know unless you let go of waiting for the perfect time. Yeah. And it's scary. You know, it's scary. I was like, okay, you know, what if nobody shows up? What if nobody buys it? You know, whatever. But, you know, same thing with like a new book coming out, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and, and all you could really do is marry the process and divorce the outcome. 
put yourself in the best position to succeed. But ultimately, something good always happens once you take action, once you put it out there. And even like the last two live events that I did, the first one in New York a couple months back, and then the one that you're coming to in CLS Beverly Hills, like I didn't have all the answers, but I felt called. And I know now from based upon my experience that I just put it out there. I post about it. I let everybody know. People start signing up and we get some speakers and we go from there. So you just, there's like an, this is art to this. There's a magic of just taking messy action. And for your listeners, I encourage you very much to give yourself permission to be less than perfect. Mm. Oh my gosh. So many good quotes in just that one little breath. <laughs> Did you hear that? Carry <laughs> the process, divorce the outcome. <laughs> so many good things right there. Love, Love them. Ah, oh, so many good things right there. Love it, love it, love it. You know, I mean, and and one of the things that I love is like once when you decided to get started in your process, you know, you figured out early on what do I need to do here, you know? So you you got connected with Dave Meltzer early on, you know, I heard that you know, you like flew out to meet him. You didn't even know him. Right. Like you, you just like took a big risk, Yeah, you know, and, and just tell that story. Yeah. So somehow I got connected with Dave. First of all, I didn't even know Dave. Um, I, I knew of him after I entered this industry. I didn't know a lot of people, which surprises everybody. I'm just really passionate about personal development, but we ended up doing a live or something like that. Um, and it was a big success and we hit it off. And I just said, I want to do more with that guy. He's a 55-year-old man. He has a lot more life experience and wisdom than I do. Um, and, and I want to get to know him better. So I literally booked a ticket, flew out to San Diego or, or LA, wherever he was. And I just asked him if he had an hour. And if not, I'll take 15 minutes. And I went down to his studio and I just spent some time with him and I got to know him a lot better. Uh, and then from there... I pitched him to do a weekly Instagram show called The Paradigm Shift. And what I did with that is, so I had started building my community and I asked my community, I go, I don't really like to ask a lot for things, but but I haven't asked right now. They're like, sure, anything, Craig. So I said, can you guys do me a favor and hit up Dave on anywhere that you can? DM, email, his website, his team, anywhere. And just say, hey, I saw you do some stuff with Craig Siegel and we'd love to see more of you two together. Literally like a thousand people hit him up in one day. And his team reached out to me like, what, what the hell did you say to your community? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, they all want to see you and Dave do some more things. So he said yes to the paradigm shift, which you have been on too. Now we're at 123 weeks in a row. We've had some of the world's biggest celebrities, thought leaders. That's given us a ton of exposure and so forth. And so I made the move to fly there to shake his hand, to get to know him a little bit better, earn his trust, pitch him to do some things. And, and the rest is history. And I think the lesson there is when I entered this space, You know, I've had success in other things just like you, Rebecca, but leaning into this, one thing that I couldn't tie to confidence was experience. So I knew early on that I don't know what I don't know. And I made it an effort. And this is so good for your listeners. I did everything that I could to get around people that weren't necessarily better than me, but were a little bit further ahead. And that accelerated my growth. Yeah. I mean, so smart. And it was just such a, um, a, a beautiful thing, you know, that you took that risk and you went that extra mile and 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 said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot." 
And, you know, he could have said no, he could have laughed in your face or whatever, but you took the, you took the risk and it paid off for you. Yeah. I think everybody's got to take some risks, right? Like you got to get in the damn arena. I keep saying it, but like nothing's going to happen from the sidelines. And what's the worst that can happen, right? Like a closed mouth doesn't get fed. You got to take some shots. And in life, like if you want to, and I say very humbly, everything since I started CLS has worked, obviously not up in a straight line, but for the most part, but also I'm willing to take some big misses as I continue to take some big swings. And I think that's important, especially for entrepreneurs. Like if you want to take some massive swings and aim for the fences, then you have to be prepared for some massive misses. And that doesn't scare me because I know that I'm battle tested. I'm resilient and resourceful enough to figure things out. And there's a big difference between failing and being a failure. You know, being a failure is finite. But if you're failing, in my eyes, I think that means that you're trying and that's good. So I encourage your listeners to not shy away from that and be willing to give yourself permission to be less than perfect, take some messy action and not be afraid to look silly in the process. Well, you know, it goes back to what I often say about negotiating, which is the fact that a lot of people take the process of negotiating and uh, and 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 somehow collapse the outcome with their self worth, mm-hmm. you know, and and as long as you can not have the outcome be tied to your self worth you know, and know that you are worthy regardless of what happens, then, you know, then, then, then that is, um, then you're, you know, you're fine. So what you're talking about is saying, Hey, you are worthy regardless of what happens there. I actually, yes, I am saying, I actually think to be honest with you, you just helped me articulate this. I think if you just have the, the guts to go for it, that makes you worthy. Even if you don't land whatever it is that you're doing, like have the courage to live with a sense of urgency, know that what you're worth, know what you bring to the table and absolutely go for it. And in my opinion, if you're doing that, that should increase your self-worth just as it is. Right. You know, though, one of the things that I talk about often is feeling authentically powerful and knowing who you are at your core. Yes. And, and, you know, it's sort of like that oak tree, you know, where you feel authentically powerful at your core. You know how you do a lot of working out, right? So, you know, yes. you have that strong core. Then, you know, you don't feel like if you get a lot of, uh, people going, yeah, no, you're not for me. You know, I, I, then you don't feel like, oh, I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to try again because, you know, you don't take it personally. Right. right? And, yeah. and, you know, we talked a lot at the beginning of this show on, you know, you had said successful people have a process for what they do when things don't necessarily go their way, for how they keep going, even when things aren't, when they don't necessarily feel motivated. Yes. Right? And, you know, continuing to have that mindset. You know, I always joke that I don't, I'm not allowed to leave my thoughts unsupervised, you know? Yeah. Right. So like, but you know, having a process, having that formula, having that something that 
keeps you going even when you don't feel like it. Because everybody can go, yeah, if I'm feeling good, I can keep going. It's those times when somebody's slamming the door in your face or telling you that, you know, you're not good enough or telling you that, you know, things aren't, or you're feeling like you're being triggered because of old trauma or whatever. That's right. That's when it's. And when I think of like the grades, like having a system, I think of what you just said, what, what you say, and I love that you say this is you don't leave your thoughts unsupervised because you know that thoughts are not facts, yet they tend to mess with you. Whether you call the devil, your ego, the opponent, whatever the case may be, they often try to derail you. But just the fact that we know that thoughts aren't facts and can we have a system in place to understand, to remove those disempowering thoughts, like an intruder in your house and replace them with the empowering ones, which turn into empowering beliefs and so forth. You know that you can't do that and and you're one of the best at what you do. So the people that I surround myself with, they all have a system to make sure that if they're in a lowered frequency or low vibe, that they have a, a system to overcome that and not stay there long. And one thing that I used to be guilty of, of before I reinvented myself, like, a bad day might turn into a bad week or a bad month, sadly. And it pains me to even say that. But now, with where I'm at and the work that I've done on myself, the inner game, if you will, now it's just a bad moment, not even a day. It's just a moment. And then we give ourselves grace and we have we transform from reactive to proactive and start playing offense to get back in that high frequency. Yeah. So... What would be one thing that you would tell somebody to do to get into that higher frequency again? There's so many things, so many tangible nuggets. Number one is you have to protect your energy for the life of you. And I know this is a controversial topic. It's funny because I was at the studio today doing the audio book for this. And this is one of the chapters that I was reading and I haven't read it in a while. And it was getting me excited, my own work and so forth. And that's boundaries and stuff, right? And for me... I'm at a place now, and I know this isn't the most popular opinion, but if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And and that means people, places, things, or experiences. If I'm around people, places, or experiences, whatever the case may be, often, and I find myself in a lowered frequency, then it's not that person's fault. It's mine for continuously going there and putting myself in that position. So now, like I am so selective and intentional with anybody that I spend my time with. And does does that mean that I have a little bit less friends than I used to? Absolutely. But that's by design. That, that's what I prefer. I love to be around people like you and have conversations with you and, and some of our mutual friends and so forth. So one thing right out the gate is to, is to say no to things that have the ability to lower your frequency. And, and as you continue to evolve and spread your wings to different seasons of life, look, just understand that no one has a whole pass forever. Obviously, hopefully your spouse or your immediate family will be around forever and you have a good relationship with them. But everyone outside of that, in my opinion, is there for a season and a reason. And then obviously just making sure that you talked about being physically fit before. Even more importantly is staying mentally fit every single day. For me in the morning, like non-negotiable. Yes, I work out and, and I have my morning routine. And some of that consists of 
listening or reading something inspirational or positive or something that just gets my mind ready and gets me enthusiastic and excited about the day. I like to call it sharpening the ax. I think everybody should start the day with some sort of practice. Maybe it's praying, meditation, whatever your thing is, start the day and set the tone by putting yourself in a high vibe right from the get-go. Yeah. I I say defend your light with your life. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's not negotiable. Not negotiable. You know? No, 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 no question. All right. So um, I think the, you know, this book is going to change a whole lot of lives. I'm so excited for it. So excited for it. Um, and, you know, what is, is there anything else from this book or, or anything else that you want to share or anything else that we didn't cover that you want to make sure that we cover? I think there's so many people in life. And I know this because oftentimes when I start a speaking engagement, I say to the audience, no matter if it's 50 people or 5,000 people, I say, who here, just a show of hands, thinks that they're here for something much bigger than they're currently settling for? Rebecca, typically everybody in the audience raises their hand. So why is that, right? So what I want this book to convey, aside many things, the tangible nuggets, the, the mix between the spiritual and the practical and all that stuff, is to showcase to everybody, why not you? It's never too late. You're never too old. Reinvention is ready when you are. Reinvention is not a feeling. It's a decision. And it doesn't just have to be a career. It could be an identity. How can you play bigger? What skins do you need to shed? Everybody is looking to improve in some capacity in some area of life. One of the reasons why I'm so excited about this book is because it's not niche. It's not just for entrepreneurs or single moms or people in reinsurance. It's for everybody in any capacity that wants to level up in some fashion the way I have over the last couple of years. And I'm just so excited to transfer that energy to people and obviously also provide the tangible strategies to apply immediately. Yeah, so beautiful. And, you know, everybody is here for a bigger reason. You know, we all are. And and just because somebody is playing a bigger game than you, it doesn't mean that you're not. They have a lock on it. It means that you can do it too. You nailed it. Um, To be honest with you, I'm so glad that you said that because I speak about that in a chapter in the book. I know these days there's a big thing called like comparison syndrome, especially with social media, like where you can see people that are further ahead and, and you get like psyched out and you start to doubt yourself. I have a different paradigm shift on that. And I say, if you don't clap when you see others winning, you're missing the point. Because even if you don't love them, they're just showcasing what's possible, that there's a market for it. That's why I love when people say, oh, it's saturated. As I like to say, there's always room for the best. If so-and-so could do it, so can you in your own way, obviously. So I'm so happy that you landed the plane with that. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, it's all about abundance. Yes. is here we wanting you to serve, wanting us to be abundant, wanting us to love each other, wanting us to to be cheering for each other. And and you know, the scarcity mindset just means that you are going to see scarcity in your life. 
Um, and so, you know, we are all here to support each other. And we're all here to love each other. And we are all here to, to grow. And, and, and there's and. only one of each of us, you know, so I'm so excited for your new book and I cannot wait to see it on the bestseller list. And I'm so excited for you. So like excited it. for you. Likewise. And I love that we're doing this kind of at similar times. It's just so appropriate based upon our bond and our relationship. I know, because we started at the same time and everything. I mean, it's just amazing. So I can't wait to see it out in the world. And I know it's going to change a lot of lives. And um, so... Uh, it obviously we'll have it in the show notes for everybody and we're going to do an Instagram live and all that good stuff too. So, um, but it is going to be amazing, amazing, amazing for the world. So thank you, Craig Siegel and make sure you go follow him, uh, go listen to his podcast, go subscribe to his podcast, all the good stuff. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you so much for having me. Love you as always. And I can't wait to do so many more things with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. 